0: Hello everyone, and welcome to KD Lounge, the best source for everything Kadena. Today we have Morgan Danner on the show, creator of Techfleet, which is a decentralized participatory economics engine, built on Kadena, of course. According to himself, this is Morgan's life's project, the thing he feels he was born to do. With Techfit, it aims to create a space for builders, designers and project managers to learn while working on a job. Uh, Maybe they don't have the experience yet, but they are passionate and driven. And for Morgan, that's all that counts and we should give him a chance. Now, he's really inspiring to listen to, so I won't spoil it for you. I will let him speak for himself. But first, some news on KDL and KDS. As you guys know, we just launched KDSwap recently. The volume on the first list was amazing, and we were expecting to ramp up even more from here. New features are also coming, such as limit orders, trading view charts, as well as chain agnostic transactions. We are very excited about this. As for KDL launch, the DocuShield IDO is fast, fast approaching. Make sure you load up on KDL to get access to those guaranteed allocations or lottery tickets. This is one you don't want to miss out on for sure. And now I give you more in depth hey everyone uh we have morgan here from techflit thanks for joining morgan nice to be here thanks for having me uh how has is, how is work in Techflit been been doing so far you've
1: had a lot of work we've been going crazy it's been growing yeah. like crazy yeah. yeah i think we started two years ago with one project and now we're that. We're gonna start like four or five projects, and yeah, I've noticed if
0: you guys have been very active on social media. But I, I know, I know you have a lot of stuff going on. So, thanks for having the availability to be here. I know it's it's uh, you have a, a tough schedule. So, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no So, fun. to begin it with, I, I would like to have a little bit of um, an understanding of your background. So, where did you come from, and how did you get uh, to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I came from a mix of different careers. I dropped out of college when I was 19. Originally, I wanted to be a, an architect or a physicist or I don't know what the hell I <laughs> wanted to be. Uh, dropped out of school, went into the real world, and started working for about five years, and then went back to IT, to school for IT, um, and got my associate bachelor's in IT, and then fell in love with a UX class and, the rest was history for me, UX-wise. Um, got into like a master's program and started working as a business analyst on a software team. And then ended up as a product owner doing product management for about five years before I went into actual UX roles. Um, and so during that time, I was in master's for you know, heavy academic focus of my career, user experience design. And everything that we're doing in Tech like today actually started from me trying to unlearn everything I learned in school uh, (laughs) in the sense of the way that we're taught to build software through user-centered design in school is through antiquated ways like waterfall and the world expects you to run in agile. So when I went into the real world, I was trying to do my job on a very lean team and tried to pioneer different things that we could do for Quicker, leaner UX. And you know, which just kind of started growing into UX and the product strategy side. The, you know, going out and talking to users. And then the strategy side talks about what you do with that decision, how you prioritize the pain points, the solutions to solve from those pain points in the software that you build. That's product strategy. And it, it's heavy leaned on you know, talking to users, understanding what they go through day to day. And so that is basically where I've landed in my career. Um, I've always been a type of like coach teacher taught at college. You know, I was coaching at previous jobs. Software teams were trying to do new things for the first time ever. We were coaching on Google design sprints or lean UX. Um, and so in... 2020, I was in the middle of quarantine. It was June, and UX started blowing up. A field of UX started blowing up. There were a lot of boot camps offering new programs. There were a lot of people trying to get into the field from other fields. There were nurses trying to get into UX and psychologists and teachers trying to get into UX. And at the same time, a lot of jobs were being deleted in 2020 for tech and. They started requiring one to two years of experience for even entry level jobs, um, and so now the the entire world of people that are trying to get into tech are kind of faced with these situations where they're not able to get entry level jobs, where they get paid. Their entry level jobs are hustling to do side work for somebody on a website in hopes to kind of get like noticed on the thousands of resumes that they're. You know, hiring managers are looking at, and what they really need is the on-the-job experience, but that's the catch twenty-two, because you can't really get the experience without the job, and you can't yeah. get the job without experience. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. work for free, a <laughs> lot. I worked for free in twenty fourteen before I started getting paid in UX. People do it to this day. We're in that boat, kind of in tech fleet. We want to stop that as soon mm-hmm. as we can, but we're working with pro bono projects with nonprofits. Um, because that's the doorway into them getting the experience that they need, the apprentices, the leads. Hmm. Um, and so I literally started Tech Fleet from a LinkedIn post. That was all a giant experiment. Okay. It uh, was me reaching out to people saying, somebody just needs to give you a chance to work on something with, ex- get the experience you need. And I want to give you that chance. Who wants to work on projects with me, real clients? And the rest is history with TechFlate, we uh, spent the rest of 2020 trying to focus on one project, doing the pilot. 2021, we started getting client retainers. We started getting more clients that stay, working on more complicated things. Um, And then we started partnering with different types of boot camps and how we can take on dev apprenticeships. And from there, we're now offering full cycle client services we can research somebody's audience we can take those and turn those into strategies we can help them design and scale and build solutions that are enterprise ready and then we can help them build and launch it maintain it
0: yeah so you you got into TechFleet already but I, I want you to uh, dial it back a little bit so uh, i I understand how it it started where where did you, where the idea came from you just explained that but How is the process right now? So you onboard customers and you have a pool of people to work with you?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a job simulation. We're an agency. Mm -hmm. We find clients. Clients are like, you know, nonprofits, for-profits. They could be uh, entrepreneurs. There's a gentleman who wants to build an application with us who's an entrepreneur. Um, He's going to fund the whole thing and we were going to launch it with them. So we find clients and we, at the same time, share our openings with boot camps and with the open community anybody can apply um, we don't require any experience at all which is unlike any other position in the world you need that experience but we're giving people first-time experience to lead first-time experience to do ux first-time experience to develop first-time experience to do a new skill maybe you're a marketer and you want to learn the ropes of how to manage a product you don't need experience with that in tech fleet. so we tried to take that as the main philosophy. You don't need experience okay. here, where you need experience everywhere else. Okay. And they go through basically a job process. They apply, they go through interviews. Um, we pick probably four, four people per role. So there are four research apprentices and four design apprentices and four dev apprentices per lead. Sometimes we have co-leads. So we have two people leading in mm-hmm. a role, mm-hmm. sharing the responsibility. Um, and we run the projects like a product team we do one week sprints. We have an agile coach in a capacity of like teaching people the agile philosophy for the first time ever. Um, and things from there are essentially taking the agile philosophy of treating things as they go, having to pivot as we go having that roadmap in the beginning, but then being able to adjust as we need to, we teach them all of that in those apprenticeships.
0: That's cool. Um, I, I I believe that philosophy is very, very uh, productive in terms of, of work. And then, uh, so uh, it's cool to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. In regards to, to your life before and after, how do you think that TechFleet impacted your day-to-day and your your overall professional
1: life? Yeah, I feel like everything in my professional life has led to TechFleet. But being honest, I feel like Tech Fleet is my mission on Earth. Like that is the thing that I was meant to do. All the teaching and all the coaching and all of the Lean UX work and all of the like building products and doing startup work has led to this. Okay. Okay. Very nice to hear. Very
0: nice to hear. Now I, I can see you're passionate about it and that you 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 have a, a goal and, and focus on, on what you do. Um now in terms of tech Fleet and what you offer to, to customers. What kind of um, pool talent do you have uh, to do you offer in terms of, of of development, UX, project manager, management?
1: So the way it works, we can find any talent because we search for it every time we have a client. We meet with the client, talk about what they need from a business standpoint, understand the the nitty gritty of what kind of development are we looking for? Are we looking for a web app? Are we looking for A native app, are we looking for a Web3 app uh, and related to the other things before the development happens, based on the needs of the project, I'm going to go find talent out there. Uh, I need to find the leads first. So if we have a client who's like, we need to engage more people, we need to have a way to make our app viral, they come to us for that. I'm going to put together a UX research and a marketing and potentially a branding effort. Uh, and probably design as well. We'll customize it to the, to the client line. Okay. There's so basically, sorry, the, basically the,
0: the client asks you for a specific set of, um, objectives he has in mind for yeah. the project and you go look for it after. Okay. So you don't have yeah. the pool available at all times. It's like, it's fluid. That's it.
1: Yeah. So let's okay. take Ryan Mata's example on Twitter, the Cadena mm-hmm. shopping rewards, NFT app. Okay. Matter comes to us, some client comes to us and says, I want to build this platform that gives people rewards in a form of a collateralized Cadena NFT. Okay, we take that problem and we go use that as the prompt of our our efforts together. And from there, you know, that meeting with the client is going to determine front end development, back end development, product management, marketing, branding. We'll fit it into an eight week project, and the way we do long-term stuff is we do multiple eight-week projects. So we'll have different phases. Right now we're in the third phase of a client's project for uh, a website and a web app. So Mm -hmm. we would do the first eight weeks in uh, an iteration, which would be, you know, figure out what we're actually doing, talk to the people about the problems that they want to solve, you know, the experiences that they're having today with users and what we can do to solve that in the overall vision. and then. there it's a matter of product planning it's a matter of what you do in your mvp versus mvp1 versus mvp2 versus mmp Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah and so we simulate that exactly like a real product team even if it's just eight weeks of work that one apprenticeship crew works on one month later phase two starts with a new crew and we figure out what we need at the end of phase one for phase two so we're completely changing and iterating with the the talent needs with the project needs with the business needs as we go, just like a real agile team should be doing. And so so a project
0: can have multiple phases. You're not set to one, two, three, four. If it's a big mm -hmm. project, you can have like 10 phases, for example.
1: Yep. And as an apprentice, you're only, you're only supposed to be doing one and then you're out, you know, most Mm -hmm. of the people that do apprenticeships in TechLite get hired after one. They can stay around and do as many as they want, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but they get, they become marketable after one apprenticeship, one eight week apprenticeship. Um, So the talent pool, we usually just kind of like spread that out to social media. So here are the openings, we share that with boot camps For the development roles, specifically with like native development, we're trying to get in touch with boot camps like Springboard uh, and other types of boot camps that specialize in native mobile. Uh, and so if we're in the packed world, what my plan is for TechFleet Fleet is get people who have zero experience with Pact to build packed apps as apprentices and leads. And build up that talent so that we have zero experience day one, but day 365, we have a lot of talent who has experience with Pact, Solidity, any other type of backend blockchain, even the front-end blockchain stuff. Of course. that's That's been the case from the non-development roles for the past few mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. come into the group really fresh in the art of product management and want to get experience in research and want to get experience in design and then come out as a full-on product leader, ready to like run an entire team. No, that's I've seen that happen cool. before. That's pretty and cool. And it would be the cool. same thing for development, whether it be web, any mm-hmm. type of development. We're in the web three space. We're in the web two space too. So we're like straddled between new industry and old industry. Yeah, it's a process
0: right now, right? That we're, we're, we're seeing the shift and, the, and people... Yeah don't really know where they they fit and what to do to go from Mm -hmm. one side to the other. So it's kind of cool. Actually, I've I've been I've been watching it very, very, very interesting, interested because it's it seems we are we are in in the verge of of this change. And I think having having this kind of approach to uh, on to like learn on the job, it's very it helps people to make that transition. We're pretty
1: unique, too, because we serve nonprofits. For Web 2, we serve for profits for Web 2, and then we serve everybody for Web 3. <laughs> we actually started as a non, like a future nonprofit. That's how Tech Fleet started. We wanted to be a 501c3 one day, and basically okay. a non-revenue gener, a revenue generating nonprofit. Okay. Uh, we've since then changed to the dow structure. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll but get into it that. it will be still a mix, you know, still a mix of the clients from nonprofits, Tech Fleet's gonna actually end up funding projects for those from the DAO. So clients for nonprofits will always be available for Tech Fleet projects and they never have to pay.
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: And um, a
0: little bit about the, the apprentice and, and leads that you've been you've been talking about I, I imagine that sometimes you, you may may have a lot of uh, applications, much more than you have mm-hmm. uh, uh, spots for for the for, yeah. the for the projects. How do you manage that? Um, that kind of if if no one needs experience, how do you select people?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So we build a team of leads, and that team self organizes to pick the apprentices. They pick the categories that they want to choose. So let's say they care about the drive and the passion of the person. They care about whether they have a specific set of tools, skills like Figma, um, whether they've researched about the client beforehand, they will fill out an application that has a bunch of questions. And that's all the leads go off of to pick who they interview. So they use that to kind of narrow down from, let's say hundred applicants for UX design research um, to 10. Okay. And then that lead will interview 10 people and pick four, um, and we are very flexible about it because it depends on what that lead's comfortability is. If they're comfortable taking two, we accept two. If they're comfortable with a co-lead only, we take a co-lead, and maybe we take more than four apprentices. Okay. Uh, sometimes those people get jobs in the middle of apprenticeships, and there's a there's redundancy there, which is good. Um, of course, it just depends on the number of applications for development. We've probably gotten up to ten at, at, on a project so far. Which is a huge growth for us because we just started offering development probably five months ago. Nice. Um, and so the the other thing to know about TechLead, like we're extremely inclusive. Anybody who's not on a project can just watch the meetings. We have meetings every day. We have sprint meetings every day. We have working sessions every day. Uh, the web calendar is open for someone to come in, click on a link, and just watch the work happen. A lot of people do that. Oh, that's uh, cool. They watch the sprint happen for a week. And especially people who are coming out like brand new, expected to work on these sprint teams, they've never seen scrum or agile Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm, action. mm -hmm. It's extremely different than reading it in a book. And so the shadowing is, you know, letting them like get the exposure, build the confidence before they apply, and then maybe pick somebody's brain who's on the team, seeing other people struggle through this as well and try to float through the uncertainty in a project nice
0: very nice that's really cool that people can yeah. watch other other projects that they're not working in but they can just follow it up and and maybe gain some experience for their future project right yeah so you mentioned uh, getting paid while learning are people getting mm-hmm. paid uh, as a, as a lead only or as a lead and as an, an apprentice how is that process
1: mm-hmm. uh both yeah as soon as we generate revenue we will take that revenue and bring it back to the people that are working on projects. Okay. Um, the Dow treasury is going to fund projects and each person is going to get, you know, pay rates. I'm trying to get up to very marketable pay rates, uh, but it really just depends on the, you know, the revenue model of like generation coming in over time. So right now we have almost only pro bono clients. We have a couple of like for-profit clients that are coming, uh, for like web app and mobile app builds that we can then take that revenue and then you know obviously fund those projects. All the revenue is gonna go back to the project itself. So if, we, if we're charging the client you know $70 an hour per person, that money goes back to the apprentices and leads um, for now. And then we when we're a DAO on chain, we're probably going to make proposals about how much goes to the treasury overall for okay. future project funding. Versus on a project, and we'll need to figure out the on-chain details of payment structures and all that stuff. And for reinvestment, right? You will need
0: maybe some 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 small part for reinvesting and and, and keep building yep. your your own your own app. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yep. that's cool.
1: And that'll work the same way. In invested projects that we build, work the same exact way. If we decide, like we're deciding to build that wallet, mm-hmm. we're just going to run it like a tech fleet project in eight weeks. They get they get those, you know, that eight week experience, and then they, we're trying to get up to the point of paying them. So right now that, that wallet project will get back pay for people. Can you, can you tell a bit about that project? I don't think we, we touched on it yet yeah. here. Sure. Uh, we are trying to build an open source cross-chain wallet for Cadena. Um, I started probably a couple of months ago with a very small group of people, like we were trying to ideate around um, a new wallet that we could build for Kadena. And I think at the time there was no wallet for Kadena. And since then I've been kind of brewing, we didn't make it happen since then I've been brewing on like the problems that I've experienced as a wallet user on Kadena, on Ethereum, on Solana, using different types of wallets. And, you know, that I created a vision for, uh, a web app extension app for uh, a mobile app uh, wallet that would be on Kadena and meant for Kadena, but then also, yeah, obviously is going to be for every chain. Okay.
0: So you will be able to have uh, every, or not every, but uh, more than just Kadena on the, on the wallet. You can have like uh, an Ethereum address, a Solana address, I don't know what else are you thinking about, but, and this will be
1: mobile? That's the plan. That's the plan. We're going to start probably with whatever the highest priority is, we're going to start launching first. So the web extension seems like it may be a high priority versus the mobile app. We'll need to decide what format we do, Um, whether it be like a progressive web app that shows on mobile and has a mobile browser or it's a true web extension or both. Um, Okay. Okay.
0: Cool man, very interesting, very interesting, very good for 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 the Cadena ecosystem as well. Uh, yeah. The more the, the more the more options you have uh, for any kind of product, the better. Uh, competition is always good, so I think it's it's nice that you're going through there. And we, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no mobile app yet, so I think that m- might be cool to see because a lot yeah. of users don't have access to computers; they just have access to to phones, and they are kind of missing the boat right now. So uh, that's cool. Um, uh, about the the um, you, you said that you work in 8 weeks um time frames right each each phase mm-hmm. is like 8 weeks um how much time does one need uh to spend in terms of 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 in um, not not spend invest in order to 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 succeed with 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 a, with a phase of tech food, like
1: mm-hmm. as an apprentice yeah as an apprentice it's 10 hours a week for these ten types hours of week. projects If we have longer term engagements with clients that want to pay for more time, we'll probably find positions that have 20, 30, 40 hours a week in the future uh, for, for all of the apprenticeships right now, it's ten hours a week. We try to make the timelines work with like people's jobs. Everybody's got you know other responsibilities that they're trying to sort through, and we'll, we'll usually meet at night every let's day.
0: say let's say some one apprentice actually is not doing all that much and wants to mm-hmm. be on two projects can you do it?
1: Yeah absolutely yeah you can be on three projects if you want.
0: okay that's cool that's nice uh, You mentioned that well now you' you still don't have the funding and and, and and are working with with nonprofits so you're not paying people yet but it, that's the that's the goal right That's the the, the goal for 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 TechFlight. How are you going to make those payments? Is it going to be on, on the fleet token, or are you going to pay on, on a stablecoin, Kadena?
1: I think we're going to give people options, uh, give them options to get paid in Kadena, get paid in Frax, get paid in Fleet, maybe get paid in a combination of um, uh, them. The great thing about Kadena is that we never have to pay for gas. We're going to use gas stations for everything. So making multiple transactions in the background, even if it takes 10, 20 minutes to do, At the end of the day the end user is happy if they get a choice they get that agency of you know someone who is like less inclined with crypto we have a lot of people who haven't been in crypto Mm -hmm, communities mm -hmm. before in tech fleet we have a lot of people coming from the web 2 world and they're a little hesitant sometimes to get into like some are more open to getting into crypto than others or holding a crypto token than others and everybody's been very receptive to the idea of kadena but i think from a user experience standpoint we definitely want to give that uh, that agency to choose if you want wrapped bitcoin if you want cadena we're probably going to pay out in recurring increments during a project mm-hmm. um, and so maybe we give each each time you do it we give you a choice okay. um, the way the payments are going to work is we have to kind of uh, hold them to make sure that each week we're validating the work, like a, about a consensus on a blockchain Um, and it won't be done through the blockchain. It'll be done through peer-to-peer, but um, Mm -hmm. the way I'm thinking about it right now to prevent any type of like someone trying to work for free, do nothing and get paid. um, I think we have some type of validation every week after the, usually after the end of the sprint, we have a demo with the client and that validation happens in person today. It's all manual. It's coming from the client, giving us feedback. Uh, And so some form of that every week, every two weeks to determine, okay, have you met the goals for the week, for the two weeks? Are you putting in the 10 hours? Yes. Yes. Okay. You get your portion of your payment for the week. Um, And and so that is all in theory right now, but that is kind of what I'm thinking when we do those projects. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the thoughts right now.
0: So uh, we, we touched a bit on, on it before, but uh, I want to go in more in depth about it. What's the fleet token that you that you will you will
1: create? What will be its use case? Mm-hmm. Uh, so typical governance, uh, you know the we're not going to take the model of the more tokens you have, the more vote you have only. We're going to take inspiration from fromkeddx and base it off of contribution weight and value. weight. So I believe that when you finish a project you have more voting power. When you contribute to TechFleet in some way like running a book club, you have more voting power. you know the more you contribute to the success of the community, you contribute to blogs you contribute to like events You're how are more you voting power?
0: How are you planning to 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 set up proof for that um, for that kind of, um,
1: contributions? It's a great question. We need to do it somehow. Uh, one, one of the things I kind of hold true in product management is there are known knowns, there are known unknowns, and there are unknown unknowns. <laughs> and all you can do is worry about, you try to solve the known knowns, and you try to work toward the known unknowns. And that's a known unknown. Okay. We're okay. definitely going to need some type of enforcement around that you can distribute nfts for a, a job well done maybe <laughs> the nft after a project is definitely a plan of ours and so if it would be based on you know the nfts or the number of nfts in your wallet and also the number of tokens you have and also something else mm-hmm. uh, that might be a good model for it i think nfts are a great way to do it i would yeah. love to be able to give collateralized nfts mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and you you know people love nfts nowadays so it's it's uh it's a way to 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 give like a little something for someone finishing a project other than the payment of course but having an nft might be special if it has utility all the better yep. um so i mean you have competitors like i mean there's there's been agencies doing what you do for a long time what yeah. do you consider to be TechFlit's advantages over those other competitors
1: we have a lot of different competitors in a lot of different spaces. Brain Trust is a competitor of ours. Top Tal is a competitor of ours. Uh, Bootcamps are a competitor of ours in a sense because they're trying to run apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other apprenticeship programs out there that are competitors of ours, and then there are blockchain agencies and Web two agencies. And we are trying to compete with them all, really. And the way we're competing with Brain Trust is that we're not the top one percent. We're the Whole talent pool. We give everybody a chance in the talent pool. Brain Trust gives you, I think it was like top 5% that they only accept. So if you're in the 95% out of <laughs> fresh out of school, trying to change careers from being a nurse into UX, you're screwed. You can't use Brain Trust, but you can use TechFleet. And you don't need experience in TechFleet. You don't need anything in Tech Fleet. You just need the drive. And the way we're kind of competing with boot camps is we're going to be. Like a community boot camp of hard knocks, in a sense, where the, the application to the theory that they get taught. And they get taught the theory in a silo. And then we teach kind of the bridge between the education and the real world. And nice. it's basically the practice for them to the real world because all the situations they face in TechFlate, not being able to have like enough communication working in silos, working you know, on a research team when the design team's working on the same thing, but they're not communicating to each other. Like planning something for the week, but not finishing it. And planning on too much and not finishing that and having to push all your tickets to the next week. Yeah. All that is, you know, if you've worked in the world on an agile team, you've heard that before. And that's exactly how it plays out in TechFleet. So yeah. no other bootcamp could ever, ever come close to that. Until they start having agency clients with real simulated projects and real stakes. I believe they're working toward that. What we're trying to do with boot camps is do an apprenticeship as a service. So we're partnering with boot camps to run that for them. We can do that with schools. We can do that with companies. Say a company wants to reskill their developers to Pact. We can do an apprenticeship as a service with them. Yes. We're going to be very different in that sense. That's nice. And you get,
0: uh, you get a, a big share of the market since the other ones only get the five top percent. You get a lot of people that, that don't have a home, so to speak. Yep.
1: That's the other reason that we're very different from agencies. We're not a pool of five people who are experts charging you $250 an hour. We are a mission-driven community with thousands and thousands and thousands of people who can like redundantly work together to solve the same thing and produce the same work they're producing the same exact work for a fraction of the cost. And that's how we're competing with agencies. Nice, nice, nice. And so
0: TechFleet has been around since 2020, you, you said before, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Uh, do you have a timeline for the token release? So when are you planning on, on finally getting the, the Fleet token and, and starting putting up the DAO
1: and all of those stuff Yeah, that I have mentioned? Yeah, we're uh, going through legal st- legal considerations right now. We're trying to form the DAO this quarter. Uh, our roadmap, I had posted on that one article that I originally wrote, but it's going to be on our website, obviously. Right now, the plan is Q3, Q4 token release. Okay. Uh, Q3 nice. would be the plan for our raises on initial DEX offerings and launch pads. Okay. Um, okay. We will try to seek crowd-raising fun- uh, fundraising platforms like Republic most likely, and we're going to incorporate in, in. As of right now, the plan is to co- incorporate as a DAO in Wyoming, in America.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Not yes. sure if that's going to actually play out in America, or if it's going to be an international mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. entity. In,
0: in America, but, you you have always have some some more legal stuff to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's you you got to think about that that no other way no. around it. And any other timelines that you can share, uh, like maybe. You're building your own app
1: or something like that? We are. We're building the platform. We're building the things that we're building on chain. We're going to be building most likely starting this quarter, uh, maybe June, July. Right now, the, the product is me. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> <Yeah>. coordinator. I'm <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the, uh, the person who's like making it all happen. That's been me for the longest time. I want to be able to have a platform that automates the process for hiring, the process for applications. The way that we're decentralizing apprenticeships is through an on-chain lottery. So I, it's not going to be, I pick you out of a hundred people. It's going to be a complete random equitable okay. shot. If a thousand people apply to this apprenticeship, a hundred people are going to get picked. And then those are the people that the leads look at. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to do things like that on-chain that has to be through uh, like a platform on-chain somehow. And then... You know during the projects has to be some type of on-chain because of validation of payments um, and we're going to start trying to flesh out that overall vision in detail probably this quarter uh, the, the full platform launch is planned right now for q1 2023 and or q4 of this year whenever we can make that work um we have a, a Great developer who's new to Pact, but he, you know, Pact is very easy to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows a lot of like end React type things, um, and I'm planning on pitching in as well to okay. whatever I can with code. I'll be I'm making the website right now. Sounds good, sounds good, man.
0: And you, you speak of Unchain and and how you need to validate. Why of all chains, why did you choose Kadena to to begin with?
1: Because Kadena is the best. I agree, man, but I need I
0: I agree, but I need I need you to tell us why.
1: (laughs) Kedata is the only infinitely scalable blockchain L1 in the world. (laughs) No, it's like I I chose Kidana because I love the community around it. I've been in Kadana community since 2020. Jin actually around the same time as I started TechFleet, I got into the Kadana community. I love the tech of Kedata. I love like the Canada blockchain. And I love the fact that it's also a green mining initiative, uh, you know, in this world today, it's very important to not contribute more to the earth where we're already contributing. And that was a huge reason for picking Kadena. The other reason for picking Cadena is it will always be there for us to scale as we scale. And the, you know, not only is the language easy to learn, but I think there's a lot of future capabilities and cadena that are coming, especially with Marmalade. Everything that they're doing, they're innovating so much. Uh, it's just like blowing away every other blockchain from a perspective of competitive analysis. It doesn't even hold close to any other blockchain.
0: But I mean, if it's just in terms of scaling, there's uh, probably a handful of other chains that are pretty yep. scalable, but they are proof of stake. Was was being proof of work um, in any way uh, a decision factor for you to 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 prefer to use Kadena to any other
1: chains? Absolutely, yeah. The security angles of proof of work were are, are huge. I do not want to be exposed to the problems that have uh, been like exposed on proof of stake. Okay,
0: okay, good
1: to hear. That was the other angle of Kadena itself is way more secure. Of a, you know. Obviously you need to make the secure features. You can't, secure features don't happen by default. Yes, (laughs) You don't make something that prevents cross-site scripting by default. You have to make that happen. You know, you can't progress like cross-site request forgery. That is a thing that can always happen, Uh, you know. So there are always things that we need to do to secure the code, but the blockchain aspects of Kadena are very secure. Yeah, the ba- the AI backend science. will
0: always be secure because it's on right. it's on a proof of work um, scalable yep. solution. Yeah, I agree, and uh, uh, glad to hear that as well. Um, and I also read in, in the that article that you mentioned that you're you're being hosted on Flux. Is that correct? Yep. we're just yeah? dropping the Docker app on Flux. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, any, I any... applied to
1: Flux Labs.
0: I oh, did Flux Flux Labs. Yeah, they yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, any reason why why you, you you chose flux the same the same reason i would assume the decentralization
1: our tech needs to be fully decentralized okay, okay. In its and its infrastructure
0: the, and this is for the for the app that you're developing the one you you would release on late 2022 or early 2023 right
1: yeah and anything that we incubate every app that we incubate the wallet okay. app the wallet the, you'll, you'll be the okay. token vault app they're going to be all hosted on decentralized infrastructure too
0: Okay, uh, just to finalize, um, I, I I love the idea of a DAO. I mean, we I think as 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 geeks we all love the idea of having the the DAO and 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 being like a community that can make decisions as one, right? And not being mm-hmm. some central entity doing the decisions. Have you put any thought on how you're trying to set that up? Uh, do you have any rules already for? I mean, we talked a bit about not being mm-hmm. the the one uh, with the more tokens that controls more. Uh, but any other ideas that you can share with us that you've been
1: brewing? Yeah, from from like voting weight, I think it has to do with the contribution to the DAO itself. It could be a financial contribution. Um, I, I've seen a lot of DAOs take the financial contribution that you have and include that in the, in the token weight. Like, so if you donate CADENA to the DAO, that mm-hmm. counts toward your contribution weight. Um, I think that plays a role too. The, the financial contribution and the the time and energy contribution is going to be weighted more in okay. um, in our DAO voting. So people okay. can buy you know the tokens on on some type of DEX and get those voting rights immediately. But even with a million fleet tokens, they won't have the most voting power as the people that are project leads in Tech fleet or like experienced vets in Tech Fleet running other types of things or social activities and contributing to our community and the success of it so i i want to make it always about your contribution to the community over your financial mass and and this uh,
0: the the type of decisions that this DAO will be in charge of will be about uh, for example what kind of uh, applications come in and uh, the process of selecting apprentices maybe all of this Mm -hmm. will be Able to be discussed and vote on the
1: DAO, right? Everything. Yep. I, I as chief experience officer am a governor like a I'm a governor of the DAO. There's going to be a, a couple of us in different roles. And we'll propose operational things like how apprenticeships are structured and the qualifications for an apprenticeship and how payment works. And once those are, you know, kind of like through, mainly, we'll be going through funding projects, project proposals. I want to have a place where anybody can post an idea for like a testing an idea or building some type of product in the world. Mm-hmm. And then the DAO votes on those things and we fund that. Um, I want to have things like that in the platform. And literally every decision that we need to make as a company, like I come from the Web2 world mainly, all of us do, but the C corporations of the world and you know the, the corporations that run corporate America and run the world are exactly what I'm trying to avoid in this startup. Um, I want to actually have an accountable, 100% visible and 100% transparent, autonomous organization that's run like a peer democracy. I want it to be chosen by the people and built by the people and for the people because it is for the people at the end of the day. It's for the ninety-nine percent. It's for the people that never get a chance today to break into these fields. And today we do tech. Tomorrow, who the hell knows? Maybe we move into other industries and we apply this apprenticeship model to other industries and we keep growing. That amazing. Infinitely. Great man, that sounds sounds very very promising.
0: And I mean, as a as a college dropout, if history is an indication, you're bound to be successful. So. Um, uh, wish you all the luck in the world, Morgan. Thanks for, for for being here with us. I don't know if you want to to plug some of your uh, some of the places where we can find TechFleet, and then we'll we'll add the, the des- in the description the links.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're only on Slack today. We're on Slack and uh, a little bit on Telegram and Twitter, and website's dropping soon. Techfleet.org is there. It's a placeholder right now. You have links that you can get to if you just go to Techfleet.org. You can get everything you need to get okay. into the Slack communities.
0: We'll just add those to the description. Uh, once again, thanks for being with us, and maybe we'll repeat this uh, closer to your to your launch to the web uh, app launch.
1: Cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Afonso.
0: Thanks, man. See you. Yep. And that wraps it up for our show today. I'm really looking forward what Techfleet and Morgan can do and I hope we can meet them later on to have another chat maybe. Now, today we are finishing this episode on a slightly different note. Uh, This is actually the end of season one for Katie Lounge and we are taking a short break uh, to reassess, uh, study what we can do better uh, to give you guys a better experience for season two. Um, This was really, really fun to do uh, and we think uh, there's room to, to improve, and so we're taking a short break because of that. And we'll bring new guests uh, for season 2 very, very shortly. Uh, before we go, just two notes that I would like to, to give. First, one uh, a shout out to Mo, our editor who has to edit my intros and outros through all of my bloopers and failed uh cutscenes i mean even in this episode dude, if you if you guys see what i what, what he has to go through <laughs> just cutting stuff and editing i mean thanks man thanks for the patience you're awesome uh second uh laney who i mean she's just stylist she does everything she i mean she was as the idea for for katie lounge and she didn't stop while we didn't have everything set up with mo editing me doing the doing the hosting and Setting up meetings with, with, with guests. Uh, I mean she, she does it all and um, I'm really glad to have them both with me so shout out to both of you guys and thanks for being for being with me through all this process and So that's it guys um, We'll see you on episode on season two not episode two. Sorry uh, for a new round of guests, which I'm sure will be just as good as this first one and you know give you all the scoops on Canadian projects so until then see you guys